welcome to episode 19. Um, you join me in my car, in the car park at Little. So, I was doing my shopping, and I got a phone call from Luke from Contact Coffee, uh, just chatting about when we're going to get together and do this uh, sort of joint podcasting. Um, looks like... I mean, I, I realise I've been trailing this thing for months. We were actually having a laugh about that. Because he listens to this podcast as well. And he's just like, you trail this thing every week and it never happens. I was like, well, yeah, yes I do. Uh, so it looks like next Thursday. Ideally it'll be... I mean, I probably could have done one with just Luke then, but I want to get uh, the other lad, Nick, on as well. I want to get the, the pair of them because you get the full the full story there. And it's just three people's better than two, isn't it? So it looks like Thursday next week we're going to be able to do it. So potentially only one more week to wait. Uh, it will depend on what's going on with Nick. Nick might not be there on that Thursday. And I'll probably make the call there that if he isn't there on Thursday, we'll push it to the right again. But we will get it to happen. And we want it we want to get it as like a regular thing. You know, whether it's weekly or monthly or whatever, bi week, bi monthly, fucking whatever. But a regular thing where people from this little circle of trust of companies that we've got come on and just have a chat, whether we're all together or whether it's you know, a few. Uh, to be honest, I am I am probably one of the reasons that the whole thing has been slowed down because I was insisting for ages that we tried to do it via either video and I would just blank out their faces because um, obviously some of them are still serving. So I, I've probably slowed the whole process down. We probably could have done it a while ago. But now I've binned all the video stuff. It's a lot easier, but I just can imagine, you know, this this whole situation. We're all small businesses. This whole situation, uh, we've actually all done okay. You know, none of us are in shit state because of it. It's held held off uh, a few of the things we wanted to do, and it's been frustrating. But it's nowhere near as frustrating as having your business closed down or losing your job, and that hasn't happened to any of us. So, um. But it, we are having to focus. Now, I'm not saying we don't focus on the business generally, but there's there's elements of the businesses that you can just leave to simmer and they just go along on their own. And you just need to, you know, dive in and push certain buttons at certain times to make things happen. But at the moment, I think everybody is uh, having to focus a little bit more, which is making it harder for us all to get together. So that's where that is. But it was good good to have a chat with him. We had a little vent, a little vent of some frustrations generally. Um, and that's, I think it's one of the primary reasons why this little circular trust group thing we have works is because we're all in very similar situations and we can all, we have the same, we understand the same problems, you know, whether that's supply issues, whether that's, website issues uh yeah whatever but it, it's good it's good to talk to somebody who understands you <laughs> and also we all have a shared background as well which you know we speak the same language there so yeah 
So hopefully not too long to wait on that. Thursday. Can't give you a time Thursday. But uh, if I don't get it out on the Thursday, I'll get it out on the Friday. So what else can we really talk about? Um, I had a, we've had a, another voice message. You know, we do the audio messages. We had one off a guy called Psych Herwin. So I'll put his message in here. Guys, uh, I think this voice message um, concept is awesome. I look forward to seeing how it goes on. Definitely touched the nerve. Um, well, see where Katie's coming from with the sort of division between home and work. Uh, my missus friends say, oh, what does I do at work? She hasn't got a clue because I'm very much like that. Work's work and I just, I don't talk about work when I go back through the front door. And that seems to work well in our house, probably because she'd get bored stupid of me anyway. Um, looking forward, I wouldn't mind if a sort of a few pointers as to how you stumbled your way upon uh, establishing the business. Um, as you know, I'm sort of setting down that path now. Cheers, buddy. So I know Sai from years ago. So we were in two parts together. Um, for a time, we were in the signals platoon of two parts together. I think we were actually together for... I think my memory doesn't serve me very well. I'm fairly sure we must have been in the platoon at the same time. Or maybe he came to the platoon afterwards. Can't really remember. But what I do know is we did a promotion course together. That's, def that's definite. We did a promotion course together. And, uh, yeah. So, Sai is... He's got to be coming to the end of his career now. We can't have long left. I would have thought he's got under five years left, maybe even less. Um, and he's doing what a lot of the guys are. You know, he's being sensible and he's trying to start. He fancies starting his own thing, but he's thinking about it now. He hasn't got out and then done it. He's still in. He's at that point in his career where he's got some you know, he's a big boy, so he's got some downtime. Uh, by big boy. I'm not commenting on anything, Si, other than the uh, fact that he's a senior bloke. So he can cut his own detail a little bit. He's got a bit of spare time to start putting these things into play. And as you hear from that message, he's just asking a bit of advice. Now, I don't want to rehash the whole how I started the company and where we're going with it thing, because I think that I probably refer him and everybody else to the, I'm pretty sure I covered that in the first episode we ever did or the first, you know, recent episode we ever did the intro to, um, Seg and Gaz that we did. So I don't know if you listened to that side, but, um, if you haven't go and have a listen to that. And then, if that doesn't give you the answers, come back to me, dude. And we'll, uh, I'll try and answer anything I can. But as I stress constantly, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. I'm just trying to make the best decisions I can based on any experience that I've got. And my experience I've got is just as a normal person in life. And from my sort of military background. And I think... 
there are a lot of crossovers there. There's a lot of useful skills, but I don't think I'm in any better place than anybody else other than, you know, when it comes to doing this. So I feel like it's going to be very hard not to talk about what's going on at the moment, just generally. Obviously, there's a whole... 2020 is going really well, isn't it? I know there's loads of memes about it. It might be one thing after the other and trying to explain what 2020 was like to, you know, kids in the future. But it does, it feels like it's one thing after the other. Um, Now, this George Floyd thing, obviously going to be a difficult one to talk about because it's... There's just rabbit holes and massive potential for people either intentionally or unintentionally taking what you say the wrong way. But uh, I suppose I'll I'll take as read that most of the people who... Well, you'd like to think all the people who listen to this podcast are friendly forces and... don't particularly want to do that. They want to try and understand what you're saying in the way that you mean it. But it is, it's a difficult one. So what you've got is a man basically getting murdered and getting murdered by people who are supposed to be the opposite of murderers, whose job it is to stop murderers um, and it's it's hard because let's look at the, the way I'm going to come at this like we are, it's, it should be completely completely obvious to everybody regardless of whether George Floyd was a good guy or not you know he still got murdered and he got murdered by some fucking turds turds who as it turns out had a history of being turds and nothing was done about it um, and it's it's really difficult isn't it because you've got so the police now I'm, I'm going to talk about this we're going to have, the way I'm going to come at it is like the tribal aspect and the group think of like organisations so I'm going to talk about the police and I'm going to talk about my sort of experience of a, of a tribal group and how that works and how it seems to me, I've never been a policeman, how it seems to me that they are similar and different. Okay, so... Being a policeman's a hard job. There's lots of hard jobs, and all those hard jobs have people who volunteer to do them. And none of those people are perfect. So they volunteered to do this very hard job. And in the course of those very hard jobs, they have to deal with some very demanding and difficult situations that mean that they are tested and that means that they have to make decisions under pressure and those decisions aren't always right. Now I'll stress here, 
I'm not talking about that phone, those fucking bellends who killed George Floyd. I ain't, I ain't talking about that. Those. But because of when things go wrong. Now, if you're a policeman, come at me. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. Because I'm talking, as I've said, I'm talking about this as a someone who has experienced similar things and similar, you know, time-sensitive decisions with all sorts of verifications if you make the wrong one. Whenever these things happen and somebody fucks up. So let's talk about, say, a, pol let's, a policeman shoots somebody and the instant thing that happens is There's like a you know an inquest into why that's happened and whether that was lawful, and we get all the armchair people who've never been in a situation anything like that, talking, you know, wishful thinking, naive stuff about what they wished could have happened, because they live in a perfect world and those situations are imperfect. Now I know that what happens as the group. The tribe, if you know what I mean, is you. your instant reaction is sympathy with the individual making the decision. Now, that's instant reaction. That's before you know anything really about it. That's before there's been any sort of detailed inquest and all the details come out. It's not closing ranks. It's just saying, I know that's a really fucking difficult situation to be in. And your sympathy, and I don't mean sympathy as in feeling sorry for, but I mean sympathies as in, um, like I've just said, how hard it is to be in that situation goes with the policeman. Now, that I think is a good and a bad thing. It's a good thing because a lot of the time they're not mistakes. You know, they're things that have happened and that's the only way they could have worked out and that's just how it is and it's not popular, it's not fashionable, it's not even a good outcome but it was the only outcome that could have happened safely if you get what I mean. And you, I, you, can, you can understand that sort of protecting the protectiveness that the group thinks about that individual, you know, how they feel about that. But then there's other situations where it's incredibly obvious that it's just like this George Floyd situation, where it's incredibly obvious that it was wrong. It's incredibly obvious in that situation that something is happening there that is not the correct way to do things. Now, these group things, you belong to a group. Let's talk, I'll talk, yeah, we'll keep talking about the police. So you get to be a policeman by upholding, passing tests and upholding standards, right? You get to be part of any sort of group because of that. You have values and standards that identify you as being of that group. And... 
you have to uphold that every single day as to your best of your ability. You know, there's going to be small transgressions everywhere because we're all human. But you've got to uphold that standards, uh, uphold those standards, or the group falls apart. The things that I, that group stands for fall apart. Now, what it seems to me, again, police, come at me if I'm talking shit here. Send me a voice message. Let's have a chat about it. Um, it seems to me that sometimes that protectiveness we have over our own group is it overrides the standard. Now, what I mean by that is these people within these groups who are making these decisions, they are one of us. They are one of the group. They're one of the group because they have hit a standard, they maintain that standard, and they represent us as a group doing that job. And we do, we have that initial look after that person because they might have just made an honest mistake as as like a, a, a human default. And I don't I don't think you can criticize people for that. But it seems to me that with the police sometimes whether that's the case or not, whether the bad person is really fucked up and has let the group down, the police sometimes overprotect that individual where really they should be saying, whoa, right, you ain't one of us anymore. You've let us all down. That's you out. And they just drop and they throw into the walls is the wrong terminology, but that's effectively what happens you know, and this situation, you know, with this, this, these idiots, I don't know, there's no word, is there? These turds that killed this George Floyd guy. Um, that's a situation like that. That should have been that uh, you're an outcast. You are now not one of us. You're going to be prosecuted fully, instantly for the, yeah. And I, I think that, and I've, I've seen, I say this is an outsider looking in, it seems to me that that's where the police seem to have a problem. I'm not even saying that this is the same in the UK, but it, from the, because I think I have suspicions that the standard is a bit different in the UK. I'm not criticising the US police. There's all The US police seem to have all different standards of law enforcement, as in levels of law enforcement. I'm sorry, I don't understand it. You know, tell me if I'm talking shit. But there seems to be people who are a lot better trained than other people. And it seems to be the people who are not quite as well filtered and not quite as well trained who are making these uh, mistakes. I don't know if that's the case in this situation. It appears like this guy was just a fucking bellend or a group of bellends. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I just, I, it seems that sort of, well, he's a policeman, so we have to look after him. Attitude isn't helpful and probably needs to get changed. And it was, to be fair, it seemed that very quickly, 
senior policeman in the US came out and said, you know, if you think what this guy did is okay in any way whatsoever and you're going to defend him in any way whatsoever, you need to turn your badge in, which is, I think, probably the right attitude. And I realise that not all cases are as cut and dry as this one was. You know, they're not all on video. Um, but I think you see the point I'm talking about. And I'll... I can only talk about this in... My opinion from of that is sort of formed by my experience of my sort of little tribe, as in parachute regiment. Now, we're not... We're horrible. <laughs> and all the par- I'm sure all the parachute regiment guys who listen to this will sort of laugh at that, but we're pretty horrible. And we're a lot more willing to make somebody an outcast um, now you can f- we fuck ups are fuck ups and I'm not even talking about any, any sort of life taking type stuff just general fuck ups and making the, the unit look bad or whatever um, and we've all we have all been that person in different forms but here's an example for you of something that happened around the same time as this uh, thing with George in America Okay, so I'm on a WhatsApp group with a load of Parareg guys and one member of that group put a link onto a news story uh, about an individual who we've all, or a lot of us had served with. I I didn't serve alongside him, as in wasn't in the same platoon as him, but I was in the same unit at the same time. And this guy had... Basically, been done for being a paedophile, amongst other things, I think, and was you know, being sentenced and was going to prison. Now, I realise that it's not paedophilia is like something that's there's not there isn't discussion about it, is there? You know, there's no discussion about whether that's okay or not, or understandable or not, or anything like that. We all know that that's pretty much the bottom of the barrel of what you can do. But the way, the reactions to that news story from the people in that group, obviously it went into this huge, (laughs) this belt-fed comments about him when we found out what the score was. Um, That reaction there is sort of more the reaction I think we need to have with the police where this guy, now this, if this guy ever, when he comes out of prison, if this guy ever tried to have anything to do with parachute regiments again, or went to some sort of reunion, went to anything, the guy, he, he wouldn't survive it. Would not survive it. Now, I realise I've used that as an extreme case, but what I am, I'm using it as an example of Everybody in that group that I'm talking about, that parachute regiment group there, and the parachute regiment in general, we've all hit a certain standard. And we might have hit that standard when we were 17. It might have been a long time ago. But you're beholden to those standards for the rest of your life. Um, You know, physical fitness standards, everyone gets old and fat eventually. Most people do. So that's different. But just standards about 
what is okay and not okay within that tribe. As soon as somebody transgresses, there's no... We're a lot quicker to go, that's him done. Yeah, he's a turd. You know, oh yeah, but, he, but he's power rage. Yeah, but he's a turd. We're, we're more ruthless with it. And maybe we get brainwashed in that way more than other service professions do. Perhaps we do. I suppose if you go into war, you do have to have that level of uh, brainwashing. And it is sort of brainwashing. Like, I can still talk the Power Rage dickhead talk about fucking hats and all that shit. I can still do that. Um, it's not that... I don't know, how, how do you explain it? It's like, I know it's I know it's brainwashing. So you're like brainwashed, <laughs> but you break the program. Oh, I know there's shit Power Rage guys. I know there's mega hats. You know, if you know what a hat is, for the American listeners, it's like anybody who isn't Power Rage. Now, as I've just said, there's good and bad people everywhere. So when I say hats... I don't mean it endearingly, but I sort of say tongue-in-cheek. You know what I mean. Imagine we're, we're bantering. That's the way to think about it. Yeah. Can you hear the rain? I don't think you hear the rain beating down on my car. So when we're coming out with this, I, thought, I said this was going to be difficult to talk about because I need... Yeah. So... We're, we're a lot more ruthless and horrible about people not hitting the standard that we expect being ejected from this tribe and not being protected. And I think there needs to be an element of that from the police, wherever that is. You get your initial and 100% understandable, right, what's going on, you need to get the, all the details. But once it's been established that you broke the law or you acted incorrectly then depends on what that is there has to be a lot more willingness and openness about being ejected from this protective tribe nature now I'll probably leave that there and I hope that you've understood what I mean because I don't think that was it was as clear as I could make it but I don't think it was very clear the reality is when we join these groups that have standards we've got to really try to uphold those standards and you just get you know it's one of the things about let's jump back to Power Edge again but I think it's one of the reasons that Power Edge guys, 99% of us, all get the cap badge tattooed on us. Obviously, that's part of like a joining the tribe thing. But I know, for me, I it keeps me to a, a certain standard because I you see it in the mirror, you know. If I'm walking around with my top off, I can sort of see it out the corner of my eye. 
on my you know my right shoulder and we all know what the re- everyone who's in that group knows the reality of what it's like in that group the good the bad the everything but the outside people who aren't in that group see a, a certain standard and that's the standard they, that they expect of us you know whether they think we're all fucking nails whether they think we're all super fit whether they think we're all mega soldiers whatever it's a responsibility you take that on you take it on and you say yeah this is who I am and I'm going to I'm going to you know live by these standards and I know that you know, police and everybody else does that as well. I know they don't get tattoos and shit like that. And I've said, I know there's loads of ex-service members. And I'm not saying that other members of other units don't feel the same as, you know, para-reg guys do about their unit. I'm not saying that at all. You know, the regimental system is one of the best things about the British Army, that we do have these tribes within one big tribe. Um, but yeah. You can't cover people. Well, there's a. It's not covering for you. Can be compassionate about people who make mistakes, and you can want to not have those mistakes seen by the public. You you want to keep those things in house. That's a natural thing to want to do. But sometimes you can't, and sometimes you've got to go right. This person isn't one of us, and uh, we're going to throw them to the wolves. And that's what should have happened with these cons that killed George Floor George. George Floyd straight away I think a lot of uh, this drama could have been avoided because look at what we've got now we have division we have agenda everywhere you know, especially in America. America have obviously seen, obviously seen the worst of it. And the whole, I don't know, are we going to go down this race thing? Mm. Okay. Race. Right. Dangerous game. Okay, my opinion on this stuff. Not interested in race. Not interested. Looks like half an hour. Looks like this one's going to be a long one. Um. Now, I'm not going to say something stupid like, I don't see colour and all that stuff. Of course you do. You've got eyes. You see people who are different colour than you. You see people who look different than you. You see all those things. You know, but I've got no interest whatsoever in your fucking genetics. Don't care. I care whether you're a turd or not. Are you a good dude or you're dead? Like, we'll circle back to America in a sec, but I'm just, I'll talk about my experience of this so that you understand where I'm coming at when I'm talking about the America thing. Uh, I I hope that this is a fairly shared 
experience from everyone who served in the British military. I don't know about any other military because I've not served in them, but I've served in the British military. I hope that, you know, this is a a fairly common experience with it. Um, I, I've been around the world. I've served in lots of different places. I've served with lots of different people. I've served in lots of different situations. Um, I've served with people of a fucking million different religions, million different colours, million different fucking nationalities, any little pattern of whatever, background, whatever, any little pa- pattern you can think of, you know, at some point I've served alongside those people as everybody or most people in the British military have. And I've met good people and bad people in all of those groups. Every different flavour of person, there are good people and bad people. Um, and no huge fucking or any real pattern to any of it. Some people are dicks. Some people aren't dicks. And the best basis for judging people, because you do judge people, of course you fucking do. Type. It's in our DNA to judge people. It's how we stayed alive. You need to be able to meet somebody and make a judgment about them. At least a very initial judgment you've got to. And then you get to know them, and then you refresh that. Every fucking five minutes conversation experience you have with them, you refresh what your opinion of that person is. I've never seen institutional racism in the British military. I've met racists in the British military. I've also met fucking paedophile, apparently, in the, in the British military. Well, I, de- I know another one. I definitely have. You know, the British military is a cross-section of our society. Which means, no matter what filter you put on the whole thing, and what standards you try and get people to meet, you will get people of all backgrounds, of all beliefs, I've all just fucking just bullshit of whatever you can think of. And that's our strength as much as it's a weakness because in the myriad of situations that can happen around when you're serving around the world, there'll be somebody who has experience of this. There'll be someone who can talk to that person better because they have a shared background. You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying. Um, So, I think it's one of the best things about the British military is that, and I believe this of the, I'm going to talk specifically about partial regiments, but I I believe this of all British military. I believe this to be the case. But I know, Parareg, you are judged for one thing Can you do your job? Are you a good bloke? I'm saying bloke because we haven't currently got any checks in there. You know, maybe one day we will. Whatever. Um, yeah. Best thing someone can say about you is, yeah, he's a good bloke. That's it. That's your fucking, your badge of credibility. Yeah, he's a good bloke. That's all that matters. That good bloke might turn up and he's whatever colour you like, whatever religion you like, whatever flavour of anything you like. You judge on your soldiering ability. Do you want that person next to you? You know, 
We've all served alongside people who are bellends for whatever reason. You know, just boring, boring fuckers. Um, really difficult to get on with. Have all sorts of personality flaws and traits or whatever, because we're all human beings. But when it comes down to it, they're good soldiers, so that works. That's that's like your you know your standard. Pardon me. So I'm trying to I'm trying to get ram home. There is race doesn't come into it. It doesn't. It does not come in. I've just burped again. Jesus. Because I'm getting there. Uh, getting all excited. Yeah. It doesn't come into it. And that's the... That's how I look at the world. You're a dick or you're not a dick. So... And I... I think we, we're slowly moving that way. Generally as the human race to see that you know less and less and less we care about what type of human being you are what fucking boxes you tick on a form you know and you can there just seems to be this this section of society who want to keep the boxes you desperately want to want now, I'm not saying you can't be proud of fucking... You know, I've just spent half this conversation talking about my fucking tribe, you know, which I'm proud of. There's nothing saying you can't be proud of where you come from. I don't mean that in any sort of fucking what country you come from thing. You know what I mean. You can be proud of anything about you, but it doesn't mean that you, you're separate I don't see why people want to be identified purely as something that makes them different to other people. And it frustrates me when we have backward steps like this George George Floyd thing. Don't know why I can't say that dude's name. Yeah, it frustrates me because instantly you get people jumping on the bandwagon trying to separate us again. Now, I even talking. I'm not talking about the protesters. You know, certainly if we talk about America, you've got the right to protest or anything. We all have, and you've got those people who are rightfully fucking upset of seeing a guy get fucking murdered, and they absolutely rightfully should protest about it, and absolutely rightfully should be pointing the fingers at police, saying. Remember, you need to have a look at yourself and make sure this doesn't happen again because it happens to, to you know too often. It's just like a, it's a, a check to say, guys, you need to make sure the people who are doing this job in your name meet the same standards that are expected of them. You need to filter out the fuckers. So they're absolutely entitled to do that. And I think you're absolutely entitled to be angry, you know, and be a little bit smashy. But there's a difference between being a little bit smashy and looting and fucking pillaging. Now, I genu genuinely don't believe that the genuine protesters are doing that. 
there's another element of opportunist turds who see it as an opportunity to get some free shit and just trash the place. And there's all sorts of reasons why they might be doing that. All sorts of reasons. But they undermine... By doing that, they undermine any sort of positive message that might come from this guy getting killed. You know, 100% some of it's deliberate. There's elements within that, the people doing that, who are responsible for the looting and the stealing and the violence. There's elements within that who are doing it to drive division because they thrive on division. They have an agenda that they'd like to put forward. You know, they want to see the world differently and this is how they think they can make that happen. It, it frustrates me that it happens every time. You start off with peaceful, peaceful but fucking angry stuff and end up with the shit state it's in now. Ah, oh dear. But you don't get... It doesn't matter how angry you get. Now, I'm hoping... Obviously, we've seen some extremely minor versions of this in the UK. Like, I mean, not even on the same fucking scale over the last couple of days. And I hope it doesn't spread. I hope it doesn't. But I'm sorry. It doesn't matter how angry you are. It doesn't matter how poor you are. It doesn't matter your personal circumstance. You don't get to destroy other people's shit you don't get to steal other people's shit you don't get to beat people up because they think differently than you or they're in the wrong place at the wrong time or whatever you don't get to just because you're angry and just because you're upset it's not a thing I hope I've made some sort of point um, I've been debating talking about this for a few days now and that's why this has taken so long for me to do another episode because I've been like am I going to talk about this am I not going to talk about this ah man yeah because you end up ranting and rambling and rambling sorry you end up doing that I think it's like if I was talking to somebody else it's easier you'd have a backwards and forwards and it, it ends up being more structured but when it's just me sat in the little car park uh, yeah. Feel free, drop me a message. You know, this would probably be a good opportunity to use these voice messages. You know, um, tell me what you think. Tell me where you are. What do you feel about this stuff? Because I might be wrong. You know, you might be wrong. It's just good to talk about this shit but one thing as I sort of if anyone who follows the social media as I sort of alluded to with the post we did we didn't do the whole blackout thing because it seemed to me to be a poor idea it seemed to me that actually it's better to see what was actually happening if you're going to post something on social media it's better to post images of what was really happening if you have those images, you know, and they're credible, other than just going, yeah, social media blackout, 
just doesn't seem like a good idea, does it? It's basically co- communications going down. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. And there was, the, I don't know, there is obviously, I'm not going to accuse that bit of, of virtue signaling because there was a lot of very, very, very well-meaning people that did it. And I suppose people just want to feel part of something. I'm not particularly judging people for doing it, but I it wasn't for me. It wasn't for Senior's Guild. It wasn't our, our thing. But what I did post was a, an image the day after just saying, you are your actions. That's all. Because that is all you are. And I know it. it's the part of the ethos that rings true to most people. You know, there's the sin eating aspect of it, of doing the the stuff that's difficult and may lead to you being hurt, but you do it because it's necessary and you're capable of it. There's that aspect of this ethos and this community. But I think the thing that really something that can actually have a positive impact on your life and be something that you hold on to and remember whenever you're doing something is the you are your actions thing. Because we see constantly people saying one thing and doing another. Very simple, you know, whether that's in the public eye or in your personal life, saying one thing, doing another. And at times, it's, you know, nobody's fucking perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. But you can you can forgive, and mistakes are normally quite obvious because they're very different from that person's general behaviour. So you can spot a mistake. But if everyone... And certainly in that situation we've got in America at the moment, looked at what they were doing right now and thought, you are your actions. What am I actually doing here? So you might be that person who is, you know, super upset, terrible background, got no money, really struggles with stuff, sees an opportunity to go and fucking loot a, star, a, a shop because every other fucker's doing it. If you turn around to yourself and just think, why it doesn't matter what my beliefs are. I might be there might be all sorts of good reasons that I can justify myself doing this for. The action of what I'm actually doing is bad. I'm stealing something that belongs to somebody else. And you can go, Well, it's a corporation. You know, they're all insured, there's no no losers here, you know, it's a faceless corporation. Well it is, but it's also not. Because they employ people. And half, because of this fucking virus, half these people are going to get made redundant anyway. Or maybe weren't going to get made redundant, but now they do because these shops are going to have to spend so much on rebuilding and buying more stock that they can't afford to employ those people anymore. There's like tenth order effects of everything you do. Personal responsibility you are your actions. Right. 47 minutes. Definitely going. Have a nice day. Wherever you are. Try and make good decisions. Just do your best. Life's fucking hard. Just do your best. I'll see you later.